0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at Church. Thanks for being with us and we hope you enjoy this message.
1: Good afternoon. You can go ahead and take a seat. Those of you who are here with us, if you are watching us and joining us online, welcome. Hello. We are glad that you are all here in this place today. I am Pastor Gabe. If you don't know me, um, I have the honor of being able to pastor here at Emmanuel Church. Thank you, worship team. Awesome job leading us into the presence of God today. And uh, happy Valentine's Day. Well, it's tomorrow, but happy Valentine's Sunday. I uh, hope you have lots of candy and sweets and all the things that you ne- want to get this weekend. You know, it's not just about, like, you don't have to be in a relationship. You don't have to be. It's a- also, like, in Spanish, it's el día de amistad y amor. It's the f- day of, also, friendship and love. So you got show love to whoever you can show love to this week, this, uh, today. All of the time, really, we should love people. But... uh uh Once again, thank you for joining us here today. If it's your first time joining us here or your first time online, we are glad to have you here. We have a gift for you if you are here today for the first time that you can pick up in our living room space back there. Uh, And uh, yeah, we would love for you to do that. If you are here And you are watching online, you're already part of the family, you know the drill. If you want to be able to give and support this ministry, you can do so at a giving station here, or you can go to myemanualchurch.com slash give to support. If you haven't yet, also Tuesdays, we are meeting together for our our Tuesday, I was going to say Wednesday on Tuesday, no, Tuesday night, e-groups are small groups where we get together and study the word, and we pray together, and we just have a good time. And so we meet here in this space at seven thirty on Tuesdays. So if you want to join us for that, you are also welcome to be here. Amen. If you are, now we're going to get into the word today. Uh, next Sunday is going to be, I, I forgot, next Sunday is a very special day. It's be vision Sunday. And I know it's really weird to have like Vision Sunday is usually something that we do like at the beginning of the year, but there's a lot of things going on, and I'm going to be really excited to share with you what is happening here, and we're going to be talking about it next week in our Spanish service and in our uh, English service, so do not miss out. And if you cannot be here, watch online, and you you can still be here that way. But today we're going to get into the Word, and um, as it is Valentine's Day, I'm going to be talking about love today. Um, but God's, God's love and how we should embody love in the world. The title of my message today is no ifs and or buts, just love. No ifs and or buts, just love. And if you have your Bibles today, we're going to go to a very familiar verse. A lot of people know this verse. In fact, I would say that this is probably the most famous verse in, uh, in, at least in our country, in the United States, because it's something that people know of, even if they're not religious, simply because there are a lot of celebrities or athletes that wear this or write this on themselves or say this verse on themselves, and it's very familiar to most people. And if you haven't heard it, that's okay. You just don't like sports, and I don't really either. So it's fine. I know that there's a big game today, I can't say what it is for legal reasons because we're streaming and they're very picky about that. But yeah, if you didn't know about that, they they don't let you say that stuff online without charging you lots of money. Anyway, so uh, John 3.16 is where we're going to be at today. John 3.16, but we're also reading John 3.17 as well. And if you don't know, a little bit of context, something I like to do is when I talk about a verse, I like to let you know what's going on in the verse. And in this story, in John chapter 3, Jesus is visited at night by a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a religious leader, uh, part of the Sanhedrin, or the religious leaders of the people of Israel in those days. And he did not want to be associated with Jesus in the daytime. So what he did is he snuck away in the middle of the night where nobody could see him to talk to Jesus because he didn't want to ruin his own reputation. He's like, I got some questions. See, this Jesus guy, he seems interesting. He seems different than any have come before him. Lots of people who have claimed to be the the savior of Israel and no one has matched up. They've always ended up dead. But this guy is different. And I, I need to make sure I know something about him. And so he has a conversation with Jesus. And the writer of John projects this part into the story. This is not something that Jesus said, but the writer of the book of John, who is most likely the Apostle John, writes this at the end of their conversation. Because Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about why he came to this world. He said, I came so that people could believe and that people could know and be born again or have life again. And John writes here, and he says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that's the verse that most people know. That's the one that we all know. We People know. People hear it everywhere. It's written on stuff. Like I said, athletes, celebrities, people say it. That even if, you know, they, they may not have any, you you may not think that they're any kind of anywhere related to Jesus. And they'll be like, i thank Jesus in John 3.16. It's like, what? Where'd that come from? But we shouldn't judge because this is the second part. This is the second part. It's so important. We, I, I hate that we don't talk about this verse enough. John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. See, the first part of this verse is really important. It lets us know that God loves everyone. That we are all loved by God. That, that, is, that, that is who He is. The second verse here, though, is important. Because a lot of times what we end up doing as people who follow Jesus, there are many Christians in our nation today who will make many exemptions as to who is deserving of the love of God. They like the first part, John 3.16, because it sounds good, it sounds nice, and it makes everyone believe that you are loving. But John 3:17 is something that they forget about. <laughs> I don't know why, why that went up. But got 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 we I lost my place. <laughs> Excuse me everybody. But God did not come to condemn the world. He didn't come to exempt people from knowing who He was. He came so that they might love Him. So we're going to talk about that today, that idea. We have to start here. In the first place, is that the verse John 3.16 tells us that God loved the world. But God is more than just someone who loves. Because so, we, we love a lot of things. Anybody here love ice cream? I love ice cream. You like food in general, like to eat, love food, yeah. Love music. We love sports. We love uh we we love our families sometimes. Uh we love uh our friends we love places. There are certain places that you like to visit over and over again. Certain restaurants that are our favorite. Certain cities that are our favorite. There's, there's, there's just a bunch of things that we love in the world. And oftentimes we will even say that we love people. We, we love everybody. I love everybody. But the thing about that is that that is not always entirely true. We always make exceptions, but see, God is different because God is, in His very nature, love. It's not something that He simply does. It's not something that He just feels. Because when you think about love, it's a, it's a, it can be a few different things for us. It can be, oh, well, love is an emotion. Yeah, we feel love. We feel loved by people. It's an emotion. Love is something that we do. That was something that I I was taught over the years growing up in church. Love love is a choice that we make. We have to choose to love people. We have to choose to love people. So love is a choice. Love is action. But God is more than than that. For God, love is who he is. It's not a matter of him saying it or him doing it or, or showing love. It is the core of his very being. In the, in the books of 1 John chapter 4, the apostle John writes a couple of times in that chapter from verses 7 to 21, he writes that God is love. He's, he's talking about love, God's love in general in this chapter, and he says a couple of different times, he says, love, you know, this is how we do love, but this is how God does love because God is love. We can say we love people, but then really in the back of our heads, we've got people that we we really like exclude from that. But God doesn't. Cuz God proves it. Throughout the scripture, from 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 the Old Testament to the New Testament, God is expressing himself as love. He expresses mercy. Mercy being something that Often we see as undeserving. When, when we get mercy for something, that means we've done something wrong. And yet we're getting something that we don't deserve. We get love instead of punishment. We get acceptance instead of rejection. God constantly throughout the scripture shows that. When Adam and Eve in the creation story initially did what he asked them not to do. And He ate that, they ate that fruit. God said that He he wasn't looking for them so that He could do something. He was looking for them so that He could be with them. We look through the story of the people of Israel in the Old Testament, and they are constantly turning their backs on God, and yet God consistently comes back to them. He is love. And the story of who Jesus is, in essence, is summed up in John 3.16 that says, God loved the world so much that he sent his own son, his own self, as this human being to live among us and to bridge the gap. Because religious institutions, because people, because sin had broken this connection of understanding of who God really was. God isn't just someone who loves us. He is love. Everything that he does is defined by love. When we feel there is discipline, coming from God it's because he loves us when we feel that he is far away from us he has never left our side that is who he is and so it confuses me and it is confusing to people who do not know Jesus that the church would say God is a loving God yet for so many feel excluded from that place from being in God's presence. And that's because human beings, as us, we create exclusions. We make excuses. We make excuses and exemptions for who we are to love and how we should love them. When God didn't do that. But that's what we do. Oh, but they don't dress like us. Oh, but they don't talk like us. They don't look like us. They they don't believe like us, man. You know it. I I if you have, you have Twitter and Twitter is a crazy place uh, to be on. And I love Twitter. It, it's very interesting and in, in all the conversations that come together. But one of the things that bothers me the most is a lot of times there's so many Christians that will just attack each other. Like like not even. Not even having like a friendly debate. Because I I know people have friendly debates and it looks intense. And it looks like they're fighting. But then at the end of it, they're just laughing, having a good time. And that's just a friendly debate. But literally tearing each other down, calling each other servants of, of, of the devil, simply because they believe differently. We create these divisions amongst ourselves. We create lines in the sand that say, you cannot be here or you do not belong in God's space if. I've even seen people talk about John 3.16 and they're like, yeah, God so loved the world, but insert exemption here. But God doesn't really love them. But God, but, but, but God doesn't really mean it that way. And it sounds crazy that we would do that, yet that is often what is experienced by many people in this world, by people who call themselves followers of a loving God. We are ones that are excluding others. We close the door just because they belong to the LGBTQ community. We close the door because they don't have enough money. We close the door because they don't live in the right spaces. We close the door because the color of their skin is different than ours. We close the door. We draw a line. We make a lot of ifs, ands, buts when it comes to God's love. Recently, I saw someone having a conversation and they said, you know god said to love your neighbor and this was this this was coming from a pastor and a pastor was preaching about this and he said that god the the the, the words love your neighbor just make me want to vomit i'm like excuse you he's like i can't take that all these people saying that we should love everybody cuz that's not what the bible says and i'm like what bible are you reading cuz i don't have that version i don't i don't got that one and he talks about it as he says, well, see, we're first supposed to be able to love your brothers and sisters in Christ, Oh, because, uh, okay, that's, that's, yeah. But why are you making an exemption? Because Jesus didn't make that exemption. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, don't resist an evil person. Anybody that slaps you on the cheek, turn them to the other cheek also. He says, the people that hate you, you love them too. The people that call you their enemies, you love them too. That was radical in Jesus' day. Because everybody said, love your neighbor. They said things like that. Jesus understood that they said things like that. But they he understood that he meant a certain group of people. He says, but what good is you for you to do that? He says, All of the sinners and people and tax collectors and lawyers. I don't know why he calls them all like that. The lawyers and tax collectors, they're all sinners. They're all grouped in that group of sinners. But he says, even they love their own kind. So how are you different from the people that are separate, that you're supposed to be different from? If you're just doing the same thing. You're drawing lines in the sand just like they are. You're excluding people just like they are. So why why does that make you different? We make excuses, we make exemptions, we tell people they cannot be here unless they fit a certain image, a certain way of talking, a certain way of looking and acting and behaving. I remember from a very young age that that was something that I didn't ever want to do to exclude people for any different reason. When I was in high school, and I I gave my life to Jesus when I was like, I don't know, five. But then again, when I was like 14, uh, like for real that time though, like for real. I was like at five, I was like, I don't know what I was talking about. But at 14, I was like, yeah, I'm in this now. I'm following Jesus. And when I made that choice, I said, I want to be able to do the best I can to love people. And there would be people that would sit around me, and I wouldn't know them or anything sometimes. And sometimes they were classmates. And sometimes they would be talking to me, and like every other word was like an expletive. They would have to be beeped out all the time if they were on TV. Like, beep, 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 and beep, and Like, ah, okay. I never said anything, though. I never said anything. And sometimes they'd apologize to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, I, I didn't say nothing. You could talk. Be you. And that same situation came up later in life when I was in uh, a Bible school in San Antonio and there was a young man who started coming to a church that I was attending. And he, he was talking to me and he just gave his life to Jesus. He just made a decision not too long before that to follow Jesus. And that was how his language was too. He couldn't control it. There was curse word after every few words in his sentences. And at some point he says, man, thank you for listening to me. He says because I've tried talking to other people here and they won't have they won't give me at the time of day. He says because I'm trying to figure things out and I'm trying to get a little bit better in my life and I'm trying to not use so many beeping cuss words uh, as he uses one. He's like, but no one will talk to me here. He says, but you haven't said anything and you've just listened. You see, that's what God asks of us to do. He doesn't want us to draw lines in the sand and divisions and close the door on people just because they don't talk the same way that we do. They believe a little bit differently than we do. We are supposed to open the doors for them. You see, because we are not called to simply love our neighbor. We are called to be love. And this is something that was very novel to me in this book I was reading recently. It's called A Different Kind of of Christian by Michael Allen Laybourne. And he talks about the idea that we, we just discussed about how God is love. God is love. That is the core of who he is. And so at times as Christians, we take that and say, okay, if God is love, that means we're supposed to love people. But it's a little deeper. It goes a little deeper than that, because when we follow Jesus, we come to understand that we are created in God's image. And so if we are supposed to be images of God, then we need to be like God. We can't be God, obviously. You know, Uh, I I would worry if some of us would become God (laughs) about what we would do in this world. (laughs) But we are called to be images of God. So if God is love, when people see us and hear us, they should also see love. That should be the essence of who we are. We're not just called to do nice, loving things, you know, because everybody can do that. Everybody can do nice things. Everybody can do good things. You do not need to know Jesus to do good things in the world. There's a lot of people that are proof of that. They do good stuff all of the time, and many of them don't know Jesus. In fact, some of them do more good in the world than Christians do. But we are not called to do just good things. We are called to be love, like Jesus was love. See, Jesus was very different than other people. He made no exemptions. He held nothing back from people. All the people that oftentimes he he was told by his culture, by tradition, by others, by his friends, that he shouldn't be talking to, he talked to anyway. He talked to the Samaritans who were a group of uh, a different kind of Jewish people that were often uh, part Greek and the Jewish people said that, no, they're wrong theologically. They're wrong in everything, so we should not even have the time of day for them. Jesus talked with a woman at the well who was a Samaritan, and he even used a Samaritan as an example of love in his stories. Jesus sat and touched, the, he sat with and talked with and touched people who were sick, that would have made him unclean and made him in a space where he shouldn't be going to the temple or other things like that. Yet he did it. People who had leprosy. People who had uh, very contagious sicknesses. He said, I'm going to be there and I will show them they are loved. He talked with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. That that was One of the biggest criticisms that the religious leaders of Jesus' day had against him, they said, you know what, he cannot be a holy man because he eats and he drinks and he sits and he parties with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. He goes with those people. And Jesus would answer back to them. He said, it's not the people who are healthy that need a doctor. It's the people who are sick. The people who need me are the ones I am giving my time to. You know the law. You know the word. You know what you're supposed to do. You should be doing this. But instead, you're drawing lines in the sand. He made no excuses. He talked to those that nobody else wanted to talk to. That nobody else wanted to talk, that nobody else wanted to be around. He says those are the ones that I love. He was different. he was different and yet as Christians we often make war against the world, against people. and in that book I mentioned before, this is what this is what uh, Michael says, Mr. LeBourne. I don't know how to reference him, Michael LeBourne says in his book, A Different Kind of Christian, he says this, when we contend with the world, we contend with God. In other words, when we fight with the world, we fight with God because God is actively fighting for humanity. If we want to join him in that fight, we have to surrender in the battle we've been waging against him. We have to recognize that our rhetoric our anger, our self-righteousness haven't been a weapon we've been wielding against humanity. It's a weapon we've been swinging at Jesus Himself while making a mockery of His sacrifice and deeming His will unworthy of us. In summary, what He says here is that when we choose to fight culture wars, when we choose to fight the world because they they're 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 sinful when we choose to fight against people when we make people our enemy when we make how they live our enemy when we make humanity our enemy it's not humanity we're fighting it it's not other human beings we're fighting against we are literally fighting against God himself because God's war, was against sin and darkness in this world so that humanity could be free. Human beings could know his love. Human beings could know who he is. So when we fight these wars, we're swinging weapons at Jesus and not at people. We're missing the point. We're missing the battle. We're fighting the wrong things. And he says, if we want to fight for humanity, if we want them to know that they are loved with a love that defies explanation, we need to stop fighting the fights that we're picking because they're the wrong ones. And walk with Jesus. Because Jesus laid down everything. Everything. See, I think we miss that. As I get close, uh, I get close to closing right here. We miss that God's love. We miss it. We we don't understand it. We don't see it for what it really was. See, Jesus wasn't just a human being. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just someone who lived two thousand years ago. Jesus himself was an expression of God in human flesh. And so when God stepped into our world to be like you and me, to walk with you and me, to show us what it was to be human, that's what he wanted us to see. But then at the end of it all, he gave up his life against those who would be enemies, against those who hated Him and wanted Him dead, against those who who wielded power, wielded authority. They, they had the power. They had the influence. And they were using it against Him. Even them, while bloodied and beaten on the cross from that place, he says, Father, forgive them. Even in those moments, he would love. Even in those moments, he was love. I don't know if I could do that, (laughs) but Jesus did. And he gave up who He was. God gave up all of Himself to build a bridge. That's what the cross was. A bridge that beat down sin, that beat down death, that beat down all the things that would separate us from Him and make us way back to Him again so that we would know His love. Let's not be the kind of people that draw lines in the sand, that close doors, that make exceptions and excuses. Let us be bridge builders that walk alongside Jesus and say, you are welcome, you are loved by God and by us. We make no ifs and or buts about it. Just love. Just love. Would you stand with me this afternoon? That same Jesus that is for the world, he's here for you too. And if you don't know Jesus today, he is here waiting, open arms for you and for me. Let's pray today. Let us pray that God would help us to learn what it means to be loved. If we don't feel loved, that he would show up in your life today and love you. Because he already does. He just wants you to see. it. He wants you to know. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for your word. God, if we have made the mistake of excluding people, if we have made a mistake of closing doors on people that need you, that need to know you, forgive us. Forgive us for being that barrier to you. And today, help Help us to be bridge builders. Help us to tear down the walls. Help us to stop making exemptions and excuses and arguments. Help us to simply be love to those who need you the most. We know it's not easy, but you have done the hardest part. So help us, Holy Spirit, walk with us. If there is anyone here today that wants to know Jesus, if anybody watching here today that wants to know Jesus, He is here in this place. All you have to do is simply ask, Jesus, I want to know you today. I want to know you today. As we pray and enter His presence as the worship team leads us in a song as we close. If you need prayer today just simply lift up your hand. If you're online, just let us know in the chat if there's something we can pray for you today. Thank you Jesus.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us you can email us at amen at com, And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurchcom slash gift. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.